my opener is that this could be a really dark scene. All right, we'll go with that. I mean, yeah, you're joining us from the road. Who, who the fuck knows where you are? Somewhere in Pennsylvania, allegedly. Um, yeah, Chris, you left Colorado, what, about a week ago now? And uh, yeah, cross country, almost, almost back home in Boston. Yep, been living the uh, mini tour life on the road, except not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's your but sneak yeah, peek towards the mini tour life. Yeah, so been driving across the country, played a cool, a uh, few cool tracks, stopped yeah, at Olympia dude. Fields in Chicago, and a couple of decent ones. A couple of decent ones. Olympia well, Fields. Well, let's start. Let's start. Where'd you stop first? Because we did a little. Uh, I I actually came with you. And okay, yeah, I, we can talk about that. Yeah, so we stopped at Wild Horse in Nebraska. Middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Yeah, and it's just right along I-80, right in the middle of the state. So, Middle of nowhere. We stayed in one of their cabins, and it's like a public golf course, right? So anyone can play it. But this place was pure. Yeah, crazy pure. I don't know. I honestly don't know where they're getting the money to make this course as nice as it was because it was $73 to play and it had probably a top five set of greens I'd ever played in terms of just rolling crazy true. The golf course was in unbelievable shape all around and it was so much fun. Like links golf, wide fairways. You, I mean, some of those holes, if you missed the fairways, you had serious issues and you should reevaluate your golf game. Cause they were like 150 yards wide. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really cool. And just the whole scene out there. I mean, they didn't give a fuck about anything. Like I was playing in sweatpants and a (laughs) t-shirt. And this is a nice golf course. This is like a top probably five or six golf course that I've ever played. I I would say, honestly, I think it's better than a lot of the nice private clubs that I've played. Yeah. And I mean, it was 70 bucks. And then we, we also played another course about an hour down the road called Awari Dunes. Uh, that course was, it was solid. It was solid. I think wild horse definitely had a beat, but Awari dunes was fun. Like you felt like that golf course was just meant to be there. Like it was really just the land is perfect for it. Like nice rolling sand Hills. It, the fairways and the greens were in good shape, but when you got off the fairways, it was crazy. Like the rough was not maintained. Like they did not touch the rough. Yeah. That's were, were dirt they were it was super rugged like there's no other way to describe it besides this place was just rugged nebraska golf yeah but it was really sick and yeah, yeah i gotta say crazy. shout out to myself for posting a career career low round 65 bogey free i had all pars on the front didn't think of anything of it you know just casual day slapping it around and then backside, I go birdie, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, birdie for 29 on the back. Just had to mention it because I never thought I'd ever shoot 29 in my life, honestly. And to do that was pretty cool. So it was crazy to watch because you played you played autopilot golf on the front nine. It was like fairway green two putt whatever, like really classic Chris Bornhorse golf. And we get to the backside and we had made a joke after the front nine, Chris made all pars, maybe make all birdies on the back nine. And 
you I think you birdied the first three holes in the back nine or the first two holes. And we were like, holy shit, like he's making a legit run for it. I mean, you almost did. You birdied seven out of the nine holes in the back nine. It was one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. Yeah, it was it was good times. Yeah, I mean, you just you striped it and, and made all the putts, really. There, there were a couple putts you could have made, the one on, I think it was 12 or 13, to, to yeah. lose that birdie streak. But that was a 10-footer, very makeable. So that was that was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I also snapped my driver on that back nine. So it was a crazy event. <laughs> uh, Not out there. of anger. Not, Not out, out of anger. We have video evidence on the TikTok. But I just leaned over, like Bryson did this a couple a couple months ago leaned over to pick up my tee. I put like a couple pounds of weight on my driver, really didn't put much on it. And the shaft just snapped right at the bottom. And <laughs> I am still driverless. I have no idea when, when I'm going to get a new driver. I'm trying to figure it out at the moment, but uh, it was a, a very eventful day to say the least. Oh, it was great. And it was like some of the best value golf that you can get. Oh yeah. 50 bucks. So, it was insane. Definitely. If you're looking for a cheap buddy's trip, go out to wild horse, Nebraska, you'll have a good time. Yeah, that's the thing with Nebraska is it's, it's really affordable. It's hard to get to. It's really difficult because there's no major cities near those golf courses. But if you can get out there, it's super affordable. The, the golf is crazy cheap. Even the food is cheap. So if you're looking to do like a buddy's golf trip, kind of like a, you know, you want to go to Bandon or something, but you can't afford that. Nebraska is really the next best option, I, I would say. And I haven't played every state, but it seems like Nebraska is really on the rise there. I agree. So then that was a great time. Then I stopped by, went to Chicago, played Olympia Fields, super Just pure. Casually, casually played Olympia Fields. Casually. Um, what, what was that golf course like? I've never, never played it. Don't really know what it looks like, honestly. It's like, it honestly had kind of, I want to say Oakmont vibes, like in the way the bunkers were kind of shaped and really just a really classic golf course, just a really classic design, like super like old school, traditional, um, really tight golf course, sneaky. Like if you were out of position, you, it was like auto bogey. Like if you missed some of the fairways, you just had like zero chance. doesn't matter who you are. It's like auto bogey. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a major championship venue, you know, that's the way it's kind of the way it should it be. It is. So it really is. And good to hear they're making it tough on them. I got to hit the putt that Rom hit, uh, last year in the BMW when he made that like 60 footer against DJ in the playoff. Yep. That putt is so fucked. I cannot believe that Ron made that putt. When you're standing on that green, you're like, there's just, this is, this is a joke. That slope, he hit it over. He kind of died it and it, it started to die oh, and break right. It, was, it, it must have been way bigger in person. It had to have been. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And um, then where'd you go that afternoon? You played another course in Chicago, right? Oh, yeah. So then I played Chicago Highlands. I think, you know, not a lot of people have heard about it. But if you have the chance to play, it's probably the most unique golf course I've ever played. It was wow. built on a landfill. Some guy just developed the land. Um, and there are eight trees on the property. And it's built up kind of on top of the hill. You can see the Chicago skyline on most of the holes. 
and it's just very it's very lengthy but in like an american kind of version of it there's crazy slopes some of the green complexes were just like ridiculous um and it's it's almost like laughable some of the some of the shots and the greens because it was just so ridiculous but super fun golf course and i i can't i'm at a loss for words i can't describe to you what it's like but goofy and fun and creative so like a a course you want to go out and play match play on you're not you don't want to play a tournament out there oh no no sounds like to me and they had a corn fairy event there last year i think and the winning score was like 16 under some players took it really deep i think zalatoris tied the course record but I think it was playing a little softer than it usually does. And um, that's not a course I want to play a tournament at. I mean, no. And then so, where'd you go from, where'd you go from there? You went maybe Ohio. Was, is that yeah. I stopped through Toledo, Ohio, which I mean, Toledo's a shit box. <laughs> but the golf really course, shit. the golf course you played, not a shit box, not a shit box. It is, like, the biggest hidden gem, I think, there is. Like, Toledo is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's an hour south of Detroit, which is, like, the shittiest big city in America. But then Toledo is, like, the shittiest city in Ohio. So you're really just <laughs> not in a good location. You think it's shittier but, than Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Toledo? Wow, that's, that's dark for Toledo, yeah. I've never oh, been to either, so I don't know. I don't. I don't even think it. It. It's in the same ballpark. <laughs> wow. But Inverness is. I've heard but, Inverness is super underrated. Oh my gosh, the golf course. They just recently. I don't know when, but they like took all the trees out, so That's you can sick. see like the whole property. But it is such a classic Donald Ross, and it's so mint. I honestly think it's my favorite layout that I've ever played. That's Inverness. insane. That's crazy. It just shows you how asinine those rankings are. Like the golf it is. rankings. Like Inverness, I don't even think Inverness is top 100. And if it is, it's no, it outside. Is. is it? It's somewhere in like it's the like 50s 60. range or 60. Yeah. It, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you're saying it's better than, I mean, we've played a decent amount of like top 50 courses yeah. last year. And you're saying it's your favorite layout. I know it's a, a opinion based, but. It just shows there's a lot of politics, a lot of, a lot of sketchy stuff going on in those rankings. And well, I played the guy I played with there was a Golf Digest Raider, and oh, really? he said he said that the Golf Digest rankings are a joke. Like, <laughs> wow, you heard it from him himself. Yeah, he was like, "I'm with all the idiots in the Golf Digest rankings because it's the way that they do it, and their like ranking system is is all fucked up." So. But he thinks golf.com's rankings are the most accurate. Okay. Because uh, that's based off like what certain architects and like more renowned golf minds think of it rather than like random old guys that just show up at a course and say, ooh, this looks cool or this is nice. It has all the, you know, bells and whistles and then ranks it high, you know, so. Yeah, they just have no credibility. Yeah. And then I went 
and played Firestone. Oh, really? I didn't. Akron. Okay. Uh, yesterday, and I played it in 38 degrees, pouring rain. Oh my god! I was I was the only person to play Firestone that day. No one else played golf that day. No. If, if, yeah, I went that's, out of this. <laughs> that's an insane I, experience. It is to be the only one on the property, and they have three courses there. I went out as a single, as like an unaccompanied guest. And you're required to take a caddy as a guest. So it was just me and this caddy out there. We played in under two hours. <laughs> it was, but it was the worst condition that I've ever played in. There was standing water on every green. So like half the greens, I couldn't even putt because it was just soaked. And then, How was the course not closed? I have no idea because on the, on our about seventh or eighth hole, it starts snowing. I'm not You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. I had to like wipe the snow off the tee boxes to, you know, tee my ball up. And there was snow on the greens. Like, like the greens were white, like with snow. Um, so <laughs> it was a crazy golf experience. And I don't know if I would have played. I probably would have bailed, to be honest. I've played through some shitty weather, but like that's really dicey. I could, and I couldn't find my rain pants in my car, but I found my snow pants. So I played in snow pants. (laughs) That is, that's gritty Northeast golf right there at its finest. It was super gritty. I didn't hit a fairway until 16. Are the fairways just bowling alleys there? They always oh. look like they are. Oh, they, you know, Firestone looks like a very boring course, actually, like on TV and stuff. It's actually super cool. I mean, those, um, those alleys are tight, though. They, and you drive it straight. Like, you, you hit it pretty straight for, for your length. And if you're, not, if you're not hitting the fairways, not many people are. I think that's most people's gripe with that golf course. It's like... It's so yeah. hard. It's so tight. Oh, it's just, it's just you just got to bomb it, you know, and, and that, those it's, are the guys that win there. Like it's proven every year. A, a yeah. Bomb. It's actually a really cool golf course to play. It's very different. And, but I decided to play from the tips 7,400, which was just impossible. I mean, yeah, that must've been super fun. I reached probably, you know, five greens in regulation. What'd you shoot? Just out of curiosity. I'm, I actually, I actually made a lot of up and downs from like a hundred yards, but I couldn't putt on some of the greens because it was the water and the slush and the snow was so bad. So I don't act. I didn't actually have a number, but <laughs> I was probably like, I was probably like six to 10 over. Okay. That's not bad at all. I mean, and, in those conditions, no one's, I don't think anyone's ever played golf in those conditions. So you might have, you might have a course <laughs> record. You might have a course <laughs> record at Firestone in the snow. I think I might. Uh, but it was, a, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. My caddy, he slipped down one of the hills from like 14 and like tore his quad. And then he was like limping in the rest of the way. I mean, it was a total shit show, but a lot of fun. And, uh, and yeah, he might so be able to sue you for that, for forcing him to be out there. You might get a, might you get might a, get a, a, a bill in the mail for compensation. <laughs> no, I paid him well, and 
he loved it. He we had a good bond out there. So that's good. That's all you can ask for. Uh, you played again today, right? Yeah, we played. I played with my brother. Played against some college teammates, and and so that was fun. Lost some money, but you know what you do when you lose. Just pack it in, get back on the road, and keep going. So yeah, that's a we're now true, shipping it true back. True mini tour grinders mentality, right there. Exactly. Suffer a tough defeat, and you get back on the road and grind it out. Well, exactly. we did have some golf this weekend. I don't. I don't think you watched much of it. You've been on a crazy bender here, just driving and playing golf every day. I haven't watched much, but it was a big weekend. It was definitely a big weekend, so we have to talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think? Rory gets it done. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge asterisk asterisk here, right? I mean, it's a place I mean, Rory feels so comfortable at, at this golf course. Quail Hollow is literally built for guys like Rory. It's just it's long. It's kind of like the greens were super firm and fast. They're, they always are. It seems like this is a place that Roy's just super comfortable. And I mean, he's won. This is his third win here. So it's definitely obvious at this point. I don't know if this is a great indicator of like him being officially back. I would say this is a great step in the right direction. I mean, he literally a month ago, his game was in complete shambles by on all accounts, he had switched coaches. Brandel talked extensively about it. This was the worst he'd ever seen Rory swing the golf club at Augusta. I gave him a lot of shit for it. I didn't think he was going to find it this quickly. Um, and it seems like, to me, his work with Callen's paying off. I, I, his swing looked his swing looked great. He hit it great all week. The biggest thing was the putter. He was yeah. in putting. He was 52 out of 52 inside six feet. I mean, if he pots like that, he doesn't have to hit it. He does. He wasn't even top fifteen in strokes gained off the tee. So if he puts like that, he does not have to play that well because the rest of his game is so good all the time that he can still oh, win. It's pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, to see him putt that well is like we haven't seen that since twenty fourteen almost. So. I think Brad Faxon saying that he's a top 10 putter of all time might have fired him up. He had to, he had to back <laughs> up his spot. I mean, ridiculous take by Faxon. Yeah, we love Fax, but that's that's a crazy take. What do you, what um, do you think this win does for, for you? Like, where does this put Rory in your mind? Because I don't know if it's really changing my opinions. I don't – yeah, I don't think it changes where he stands – you know, on any all-time list or whatever, it's just another win. But in terms of like, just looking forward, you know, like outlook on the yeah. rest of the year, does this give him a better chance at, at the PGA oh. per se or at the Open? Oh, I think – oh, I, I am now fully convinced myself that he's winning at Kiowa. See, I think this actually has a reverse effect. No, I think this no, go, no. He's, I think this he's go got the, the monkey way. off his back. To me, at this point, th- these meaningless tour wins, they, they, they're nothing for him. They don't – you know, it's nothing but a confidence boost in, in terms of his resume. Like, sure, if he added another 10 to 15 PGA Tour wins, that would probably boost him in the all-time standings. But in terms of, like, 18 versus 19 tour wins, that's not what people really care about. I need to see yeah. him end in a major because he just has not done it in so long. 
And no, I know. I think this actually puts more pressure on him going into the PGA. Now people are looking at him. He won the PGA by eight shots at Kiowa last time he played there. That And uh, he's just won two weeks before it. He's going to be like a top two or three favorite now. And I don't think he's ready for that kind of pressure. I don't think he's his game is that good yet. I don't think mentally he's shown that he's able to handle the expectations. We've seen what the expectations on him at Augusta have done to him, and he's completely shot himself in the foot the first two rounds every time he's played there. I just think this puts a lot of pressure on him. He was flying under the radar at Augusta, like you mentioned, came in at 19 to 1. Now he's not. He's not flying under the radar anymore at all. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're probably right, but I still will try to convince myself that everything he does is in a positive direction. I feel like this win could free him up as easily as it could put more pressure on him. I think it kind of be like, I mean, he hasn't won in two years, so you could tell how much it meant to him. And I think maybe he's like, all right, we're back. And now we're off to the races. Now let's get back to a place where I know I've won. I've blitzed the field. Let's go back out there and do it again. And if he's hitting the ball this well, and he's putting this well, it's hard to not like him at Kiowa. I think. I agree. And if he does those things that well, he's going to contend. And he's, pr- he's probably going to win if he does it this, you know, if he's third and strokes gain putting, if you told me that coming into the, uh, the PGA, oh, I would say, go. yeah, he's going to take, he's going to finish top three because his ball striking is going to, it's probably going to be good enough to get him there. Yeah. And I mean, right after he hit the winning putt and I can say this now that I'm a, a retired golfer or a retired college athlete, I put money on him to win the PGA. <laughs> As soon as he made that putt, I'm like, this is it. So we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, do you like his who would you rather have DJ over Rory for the PGA? Yeah. DJ now would. he just withdrew from next week. I probably would. I think I think DJ can win at any time. I think the monkeys are totally off his back by him winning the Masters. I think he just has less pressure on him, even though he's the number one player in the world. He's really under the radar right now. Like we said this about Augusta. I said this about Augusta last November. He was flying super under the radar, playing the best golf in the world. People kind of forgot about him. And it's kind of the same thing. It's setting up for the same thing at the PGA here. He's not playing the best golf in the world, but he is the number one player in the world. He could find it at any time. And I could easily see him winning that golf tournament. I feel like there's a lot more hoops to jump for Rory. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably I will right. say he'll probably shit the bed, but I will say though, I saw, I mean, I, this is a stat that's thrown around all the time, but I think Phil had 22 or 23 PGA tour wins before he won his first major and he won it at age 33. Rory is 32 years old. He's won 19 times now and he's won four majors. So the fact that Phil was able to figure it out and he was able to end up winning five majors and who knows, he potentially could add another uh, if he starts to figure his game out. 
the fact that Phil was able to accomplish that in a short period of time on the second half of his career gives me a little bit of confidence that Rory is just kind of in a phase. And I think he's so talented. I agree. He will work out of this eventually. He'll win another major. I, I totally agree there. I just don't know when it's going to be. It's so hard to predict in golf, the mental side of it. And I need to see it happen before I can have confidence in saying it. You know, it could be he could win at Kiowa or he could win eight years down the line. You just don't know. with golf. <laughs> yeah, I think. It's it's interesting, right? Like, I, I actually didn't realize that Phil won his first major that late. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty shocking. I mean, the, you you can imagine, like, think about the the magnitude of the media attention that Rory gets. And especially now, coming after, like, he's won for the first time in two years, going to a place where he's won by eight shots in a major. There's going to be a lot of media attention on him. But Phil had the compounding attention from probably 11, 12 years of not winning a major and having 20 something PGA tour wins, that's almost unheard of. Like, I don't think there's ever been a guy that's had that great of a second half of a career oh, as yeah. compared to the first half of his career. So the, the attention must've been even bigger on Phil. So that gives me hope that Rory can figure it out. And Rory is yeah. clearly, he was an alpha in golf. Like the guy was a beast. He was a mental beast. He went out there he ignored the noise and he had an insane three or four year stretch where he just rattled off wins. So he knows how to do it. You just got to find it again. Yeah. I mean, I could see him never winning again or never winning another major. And I could also see him winning five more majors and winning 15 more times on tour. Like you just don't know when someone's going to unlock and he could do it. He could not. So yeah. I will say he's headed in the right direction. Like, it seems like he's knocking on the doorstep of figuring it all out. I think the coaching change was massive, but yeah, you just need, you need to see the tangible evidence. I want to agree. Chris, I want to talk a little bit about the PGL before we sign off here. I know you're on the road. So um, PGL apparently is throwing out crazy offers at players. What, do you think this is legit? Like we've talked about it. It's a legit threat in the player impact program uh, that the PGA tour came out with, with that $40 million. That's definitely evidence that they're a little bit nervous of losing guys, but do you think there's a real chance that they actually get any top 10 players in the world to do the PGL? Yeah, I think, I mean, what did they offer Phil like a hundred million? It, it was a I stupid mean, amount of money. Yeah, It was more than they would make. On the PGA Tour. If they're doing that stuff, I think it's it's almost hard to ignore that, even if you're a guy like Rory who's come out publicly and said that the PGA, you know, the PGA Tour is here to stay. He's staying on the tour. Um, But it'll be interesting to see, like, I mean, we saw this with soccer a couple months ago with the Super League. Yep. And I don't know. It's really funny. I think, like, what would you, what do you want to happen? Do you want to see this come together? I do. I, I, I kind of want to see it. I, I don't know if I am going to end up liking it, but I'm curious. Like, I'm, I want to see what this team golf looks like. Guaranteed money. 
I've become a big Formula One fan in the last, not a big fan, but I, I do enjoy keeping up with Formula One, watching Drive to Survive. And I will say that this sounds very similar to Formula One and the fact that you have teams, there's guaranteed money, there's team standings, there's individual standings. It's, it's just interesting. But if it does, if it's poorly executed, I think we're going to end up wanting what we already have. Yeah. Before. So I think they have to be careful and they have to perfectly execute it basically for, for yeah because if it just becomes have. kind of a money grab and the players aren't really into it and then we don't get to see like the normal grinders on tour i mean you're you're kevin kisner's or i don't know your your johnson wagner's that come out and win out of nowhere and like sometimes those are the best stories so you kind of yeah. lose that part of it um I will say too, there's a, that's a good point. There's a lot of logistical things they need to figure out. And I'm sure, I mean, the fact that they have all this money means, and they're throwing out offers at players means they're very serious about it. And I'm sure they've considered this, but you got to think about how this affects the world golf rankings, because that plays a huge role in who gets into the majors. And yeah. What, how do you, what do you do with the majors? I mean, that's the thing is like, if, if Dustin Johnson goes and decides to play in the PGL, he is not going to earn any points towards qualifying for majors. He's not going to be playing PGA tour events, which earn you points to get into the majors. So he'll have that master's exemption, but when that expires, how, how is he going to get in? So they, they have to figure out stuff like that. And I'm sure they're, they're on the doorstep of figuring it out. They've been trying to, the fact that they have, millions hundreds of millions of dollars that they are throwing at players means they have these logistics figured out to some extent but that's a that's a big time problem will the tour let them come back and play the players because i'm sure those guys want to go back and play the players yeah i mean it's almost out of the tour's hands like if the players decide to go to the pgl then the tour is becomes just like a a mini tour almost no one's going to watch it. No one's going to pay attention to yeah. it. And you're, what are you going to do? Not let DJ and Rory and all those guys come back and play in a major or play in the players? That's I mean, the thing. So, is they, they have to say that now. They have to say you're not going to be allowed to come back and play on the PGA Tour if you do this PGL thing. But right. they, they need those guys. Those are their superstars you don't just breed superstars and you don't breed big personalities. So if Rory McIlroy goes and plays in the PGL, which I know he said he won't, but if that were to happen, you're going to want that guy back, even if it's for one week every year. Yeah. Ultimate. I think it's going to bust. I just don't see it coming together. I don't think you can get enough players on board to really make it come together. I think what is going to end up happening is this is going to end up being kind of a bridge between the senior tour and the PGA tour. I think you're going to see guys like Phil who Phil will be heavily in favor of this. Cause I mean, he's, he's Oh yeah. He's a money guy. We all know that he's, he loves money and he's kind of on his way out in his career. Like he's 51. Now he, he is not into the he's not in the majors that the u.s open is going to give him an exemption i think but you know he's looking for another way to grow his brand past the pga tour and time's kind of running out for him but he's a big name that's going to draw a lot of attention if the pgl were to get him on board i think you're going to see guys like that you know guys that are in their mid to late 40s 
struggling with their games, but have that big reputation. You could see a, a guy like Matt Kuchar maybe in a couple of years doing that. We know how much Matt values his money. So, yeah. But I mean, would you, would you watch that? Would you watch Phil and Cooch play, you know, some random golf course? See, I don't think uh, the hardcore fan is going to like that because you know, the level of golf's not, not as good as it once was for those guys. And it's not as good as it is right. on the PGA tour, but for the casual fan, they recognize Matt Kuchar. They recognize Phil Mickelson. And I think it's going to be somewhat intriguing if they can get those guys to get out there. Yeah, we'll see. I'm on. Well, I'm honestly not. I'm rooting against it. And I think it will bust. But... I agree. I think it will bust in some fashion. There's just It just seems like the guys don't want to stray from the status quo, no matter how much money is thrown at them. Because right. at this point they're most of those guys are playing for prestige like Rory he wants to add majors to his career and by doing by joining the PGL that's not what you're that's not what you're you're going for you're you're just trying to make money at that point right and I think that um I just completely lost my train of thought well I will just add to what I was just saying keep going I was gonna say that you know those guys they're not searching for money they're searching more for prestige. And if I just completely lost my train of thought too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might be nearing the end here. It's, it's uh, listen, if you're still listening to us right now, then we really appreciate you staying yeah, on. We appreciate and apologize <laughs> and apologize. Cause we're, you know, we're both in really chaotic, situations right now logistically so we're trying to put this together but this is uh, a grinders podcast it always has been always will be it always will be and if you're true to the grind true to the chili dip you know you gotta love the ebbs and the flows so we appreciate everyone who's still listening (laughs) that was pretty good that was pretty good content right there. that was perfectly on brand really on (laughs) it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch to see it progress because i mean it would change the entire sport. So it'll be fun to watch, oh, but you know what I was going to say? It will change the sport, but the guys that feel like they owe the PGA tour, they owe them to, to continue playing on the tour. That's ridiculous. You're in the entertainment industry. You owe the tour. Nothing. If, if you, right. if that's the only thing that's holding you back from going to the PGL, that's not a valid reason. I could see yeah. the prestige and wanting to play the majors and wanting to win the players. That's fine. If you're doing it because you feel like you owe the tour something because you're playing on the PGA tour and you represent them, that is asinine. <laughs> so we'll yeah, leave it at that. I, I tend to agree. We'll leave All it right. at that. We'll sign off. Uh, what, what's, what tournament's next week? I don't even – I have no idea. Uh, one between one – between, uh, <laughs> We'll figure it out and we'll get back to you guys. <laughs> All right, Chris, don't don't crash, don't (laughs) crash, drive safe. I hit a chili dip. It was off the, it was off the hosel. I mean, Cameron Davis is a joke. Mike, you got any takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron (laughs) covers. You already look like a giant (laughs) pussy. I don't care. I honestly don't give a shit. He could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD.
I didn't watch a single <clears throat> bit of it, but I'm going to chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend so of the pod on Betsy. Terrell Haddon, are you kidding me? And there's a raccoon, no joke, like 20 feet away from <laughs> Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging. Florida. No! You can't yeah. say Florida! <laughs>